Blog Talk Radio. Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Our show tonight is probably going to piss a lot of people off, and quite frankly, I don't care. Um, This has just reached the point with this faked-up COVID thing that I cannot believe people are still hanging on to this and thinking they're actually in danger of something that obviously doesn't exist. To premise that... They claim they're making a vaccine. Everybody's developing a vaccine, but at the same time, they're claiming they have not identified the virus. Now, how could you possibly make a vaccine for a virus that you claim you can't identify? I don't know what this is and what's going on. We know that all the numbers were inflated on the deaths. Um, Anybody who came in with green toe fungus had covid We got the memo number two from Health and Human Services telling that people, doctors, hospitals, and uh, morticians to list COVID as the cause of death, even if you just observed or thought it could be, it might be, coulda, shoulda, woulda, and put it down as COVID because it was worth $12,800 if you did. And then, of course, if you got put in the hospital and they put a ventilator on you, that was another thirty-eight grand. They were subsidizing them, and in my opinion, and I'm speaking for me here, in my opinion, they were paying them to murder these people. Now, that's what I think. Um, How else could you get people to go along with the wholesale euthanasia that occurred? I use as an example the nursing home in New York where they put hundreds of supposed COVID-infected people into a nursing home. Bear in mind, everybody in that nursing home had been forced to take a flu shot. The Department of Defense, on its own investigation, found last year that the flu shot last year was laced with four strains of this coronavirus, lab-created. One of them was this terrible pneumonia. And when that came out, I thought the Internet was going to explode with the hacks and trolls and astroturfers coming Oh, it's a lie. That's fake news. It's fake news. Yeah, but shut up. And um, But here, here it was in writing. And uh, then when that didn't work, they followed it up with, well, yes, they did. But that's not what they meant. Yes, it is. That's not what they said. Yes, it is. What part of it is very simple and plain wasn't laced with legalese or a bunch of medical nonsense. Very plainly said, we found four strains of this virus. So there again, they could identify a virus, but supposedly the CDC and all these big health institutes can't. And the reason they can't is because anything that's created in a lab like this has markers in it that identifies it and tells the person examining it what lab it came from. That's how they protect their patent on the vaccine and the virus. And if they were to identify it, they would have to admit it came from right here in the United States. It may have gotten shipped to China, but it was created here. And they, honest to God, we have whole labs out there, um, that bio labs that are working on bio weapons. Who is it you think they're going to use these on? I, it just, I think the world has gone crazy. But what Dr. Reiser and I are going to focus on this evening is this so-called vaccine, which in my opinion has nothing to do with, and no vaccine actually does, preventing any disease or anything. It is going to make you seriously ill if it doesn't kill you. And there's little things loaded into it, like uh, this digital tattoo, so that you become a walking cryptocurrency exchanger. And it also has a little something in it called nanogel. And this is a self-replicating RNA, and once it gets into your body, it continues to reproduce itself 
and basically consume you eventually over time. It will, in the long run, make you interactive with things like computers and your phone. And, and as I put in the promo, uh, does any one of you remember the Borg from Star Wars? They were half human, half machine. And here we are, folks. We're on the verge of Borg. Um, I think the world has gone crazy for those of you out there wearing your masks and with your martyred look on your face and like, you know, oh, we're on get a spine. Do you see people dropping dead around you? No, you don't. And every time they say, well, I know someone who knew someone who knew someone over there whose brother died of it. But you don't know anybody. And there's a lot of people who were diagnosed as COVID as the cause of death who actually died, most of them that were labeled this way, died of underlying health conditions. And what you don't know is once you go in the hospital with COVID, any medical treatment that you normally get, like for heart disease, diabetes, anything like that, is immediately stopped. And if you go into heart failure, they won't intervene. Everything is devoted to COVID. And then they put down that you died with or from COVID. And they collect a check. See how that works? But it's this vaccine that's coming that they're going to target us all. And with that, I want to bring my guest on. And if many of you are familiar with him, Dr. John Reiser, he runs the website No Fake News, which I just love. He's always got a good article out that just pinpoints some extreme thing that's going on and how ridiculous it is. And he's also written several books. Uh, He's an accomplished author. Dr. Reiser, welcome to the show. Hi, Marty. Thanks a lot for having me on. I, I really appreciate the oh. opportunity to uh, converse with you and your, yes. your audience. Well, I'm, uh, thank you for sitting through my rant. But this, <laughs> honestly, this whole situation with this faked-up virus and now these vaccines, uh, it just it's like the world has gone crazy. And I still, yeah. Dr. Reiser, before we really get cracking here, I don't understand what people think they are accomplishing when they hand their children over or they themselves step up and voluntarily get infected, intentionally infected with mutated viruses, fungus, bacteria, the DNA of non-related species, all these carcinogenic chemicals that are in there. What is it you think you are doing? And then like with the flu shot, Dr. Reiser, uh, get the flu shot. You may still get the flu, but it won't be as bad compared to what? And if you can still get the flu, why are you taking that shot? Go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. I think in order to understand the mindset of the average American healthcare consumer, and and really people in in other sovereign territories as well, but I'll I'll speak for America, I I think we've we've been brought up in a culture that glorifies uh, the medical profession and and certainly the, the pharmaceutical industry. We have been... We have been conditioned to believe that vaccines are the, the panacea for disease, when in fact they're, they're, they're the cause and the proliferation of disease worldwide. Vaccination theory is something that just is, it, it's, there's no science behind it, which is why there's generally uh, liability immunity when, when people are injured. There's special courts that have been constructed because there's, there's so many people that are damaged, irreparably damaged yes. throughout their lives. But, you know, when you're looking at vaccines, we've been taught that, well, you know, you take a vaccine and it protects you for 12 months and then you need a booster shot or it protects you for uh-huh. three years and you need a booster shot. With the case of influenza, it's, it's a 12-month thing. And so just, just so people understand, when you, when you are exposed to normal bacteria, normal viruses in your environment, which there are trillions of, you, your immune system, when, it, when, when these pathogens go through the, the mucous membranes of human beings, it stimulates a very big portion of the immune system, which causes the generation of antibodies. And that gives you, for the most part, lifelong immunity from whatever's bothering you. When you give someone a vaccine, what it does is it bypasses the normal portal of entry into the human being, and it stimulates a very small portion, overstimulates a very small portion of the immune system, and it causes 
a mass production of antibodies that are the equivalent of junk calories, only they're junk antibodies. They're present in, in enormous amounts, but they don't protect you against anything. And what, these, what, what the scientific community does is they measure how many antibodies are produced in your immune system after a vaccine to determine if that's a successful vaccine or not. But it really doesn't protect you against anything. And what it does is it alters DNA, it alters a lot of things, and it affects, permanently affects the way your immune system can handle infectious diseases from that point forward. So we're actually causing the spread of influenza, the spread of coronaviruses, the spread of other pathogens when we take vaccines. We're not, people watch, we go through this every year. People, we get, we get flu vaccines in August and September, and guess what begins to appear in October and November? The flu, influenza. And where do you think it's coming from? Where do you think it goes on a holiday during the off season because of, of, of temperatures? <laughs> so, well, yeah, really. That's that's, just, that's pretty much yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and and you know when we look at the rate of autism in this country, I think it's fifty-eight out of every hundred children now are autistic. They will not do a comparison of non-vaccinated children to vaccinated children. The only comparison we actually have is when they compare it to the Amish communities, which right. they don't do modern medicine. There's no autism. And then with this so-called pandemic, which never was, um, because people stopped going to the doctor and offering their children up for sacrifice to the vaccine gods, the infant mortality rate in this country dropped more than 40%. But don't think there's any connection between that and the and the, the vaccines. No, no, there isn't. <laughs> no, no, not at How all. How do you account for it? Then? Oh, no, uh-uh. No, I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, it, it's just stuff like this. What irritates me, Dr. Reiser, is this information. You're aware of it. I'm aware of it. It's from verifiable, bona fide sources. And yet we still have people in this country walking around going, well, I'm going to get the vaccine because I don't want to get COVID. I said, you've had the flu before, haven't you? Yes. Haven't you had a cold? Yeah. Well, that's basically what you're dealing with. We don't shut the country down for that. Well, Why why are you acting like this? Yeah. Yeah. We've we've shut the country down and the world down because of a cold virus or an alleged cold virus. Yes. Yes. And uh, that's and you know all those doctors came out from Belgium, and yeah. uh, God was it was it Germany? They had they estimated close to a million people showed up to um, talk to uh, talk with Robert Kennedy uh, when yeah. he was there, and of course he's a staunch opposition to vaccines, bless his heart. And it just I, I don't understand it. I don't. And we've been bamboozled by government so long about everything, and you can't trust anything they say. That's my opinion. I'm speaking for me again. But it's just one lie after another lie after another lie, and then you wonder why I don't believe you now because I can identify several more lies you're telling. That's why, uh, Dr. Right, Reiser, right. hold on. We've got a caller. We got a caller here. Sure. Hi, this is Marty. Did you have something you wanted to say to Dr. Reiser? Hello. Hmm. I guess not. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> oh Lord. But anyway, uh, you know. But to go back to this vaccine they're coming out with now. From what I know, from scientists I've talked with, and epidemiologists, and microbiologists, and all of these people, it takes it takes at least three years to develop a vaccine minimally. Yes. And how do you run one in, in a matter of months? That scares me. And it, all this stuff, that this is not about vaccinating you against any virus because the virus, I agree with you, it doesn't exist. And yeah, I think, not at I least, think a lot of people have, uh, you know, there's a, first of all, COVID-19 is a, is an acronym and um, from what I've what I've listened to through other sources, um, you know, actually it's the co- uh, the SARS-CoV-2 is the name of the virus, I believe, or something yes. of that order. Uh, COVID-19 mm-hmm. stands for the acronym stands for Certificate of Vaccine Identification Number. So yes. <laughs> it is a you know, but well, let's for all intents and purposes, we'll call it COVID-19 because that's what most people know it by. So. 
There's, uh-huh. This is a virus, or an alleged virus, that's never been properly isolated by the dictates or the standards of microbiology. There's a thing called Koch's postulates that generally is performed to in order to prove that there's a new viral strain. So, number one, the viral agent has to be present in all cases of the disease. That's number one. And number two, the viral agent must be isolated from someone with the disease and then grown again in, in pure culture. And then the third thing is inoculation into a susceptible organism of the viral agent from the pure culture must produce the, produce the disease. The fourth thing is the viral agent must be recovered from the infected individual inoculated organism and grown again in culture. So these, these four steps, which are called Koch's postulates, have not, have not been done. So what we have is we have, let's say for all intents and purposes that a virus's signature is six inches long. It's obviously not. We're talking about microscopic things. But let's say it's six inches long. And we recognize the, the, the viral signature by this, this length of this, this structure. They've taken something that's basically a few millimeters in length instead of six inches long, and they've named this the new virus. And a bunch of people got together and said, well, yes, this must be the virus because this is what they decided to do. And then they took that, that little signature that they agreed on and they put it into the PCR tests. Those are the tests that they're using to diagnose when people have COVID and when they don't have COVID. So you've got tests that have been sent out in mass around the world that are identifying certain types of DNA materials in human beings that happen to be very common in 20 to 30 percent of the population and they're harmless. And this is what's generating all of these statistical numbers that are creating the case numbers, that are creating the words outbreak, epidemic, pandemic, because you have people, you could have taken these PCR tests that they're running right now, and if you had a time machine, you could go back 10 years, and you could run this across the population, and guess what would happen? You'd get the same 20 to 30% of the population that would test positive for this, this junk DNA that's in, or this these genetic material that's in our systems. So what's happening is, by chance, 20 to 30% of the population that's testing positive, guess what else some of these people by chance are going to have? They're going to have common colds. They're going to have pneumonia. They're going to have bronchitis. They're going to have heart disease. They're going to have a lot of things. And so when they test positive for the other things, and because they've tested by chance positive for the COVID with the PCR test, which is completely unreliable, they're going to be lumped into the COVID-19 category. And this is how you start this is how you start a fake pandemic. You use a coronavirus because coronaviruses are common. They've been around for decades. And people, if you do serological tests where you're looking for antibodies, guess what a lot of people around the world are going to have? They're going to have antibodies to coronaviruses because they've been around for decades. So you have two testing methods, which they've been used, that build up completely false positive results, and this is where the numbers are coming from. They're generating. Last year at this time, if you went into hospital wards, you had the same people in hospitals with pneumonia, bronchitis, and everything. This year, they're calling them COVID because those people are tested. Mm -hmm. That's why you have so many asymptomatic people, because there's a lot of people that test positive that don't have any symptoms because they don't have anything. And so right. when you tell this to people, when you tell this and explain this to people, they roll their eyes and they go to sleep. It's called cognitive dissonance. Last year, uh-huh. if I told people, last year at this time, if I told people what has happened now is going to happen, they would have rolled their eyes and said, you're a, you're a conspiracy theorist. Now we go uh-huh. ahead 12 months and I tell people what's happening is this is fake, and they roll their eyes and they say, you're a conspiracy theorist. But this is what's happening. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the, and the thing is that um, I have severe allergies. And mm-hmm. over the years, I have probably been swabbed <laughs> oh, a couple hundred times anyway. Always the back of my throat and my cheeks. And right. But this thing that they're using up these people's noses, absolutely scared. This looks like some kind of mini weapon. And I'm trying to figure out, Dr. Reiser, why they have to go all the way up someone's nose. People scream when they do this and go up to that little membrane that's the barrier between the sinus and the brain where that nerve bundle is. And what are they doing up there? And I'm, my thoughts are, knowing how things go, 
they're uh, swabbing these people with this nanogel. There is no reason. Um, recently, I was asked if I wanted a COVID test. I said no. Well, you know, it's just a short jab up the nose. I said, you're not putting anything up my nose. And yeah. Yeah. I said, I've been swabbed many times. I said, anything that's present in the sinuses will, just by the way uh, this all works, drain down into the throat and will be present there and in your mouth. And why can't you do it in the throat or the cheeks? Oh, no, we have to get up there where it is. How do you know it's up there? You don't. And yeah. But the idea, and I'm watching these people. I mean, it's obviously a very painful process. Why would you do this? And whatever this thing is they're using, Dr. Reiser, mm-hmm. like well, I say, to me, it looks like some sort of mini weapon. It does not look like any swab I have ever seen. Yeah, I don't know. I have not had a COVID test. Um, don't plan on getting one. But uh, I do have, you know, I have I have patients that I take care of that, that have had the COVID tests, and they've explained to me that it is a very uncomfortable procedure. The PCR test that they're using, which is the majority of the tests that they've done to, to use it, uh, was never supposed to be used as a diagnostic tool. Right. It's, in fact, the inventors of it said it. It's, it's, and if you go on the CDC website, it even says that it produces many false positives. So it should be completely discounted, which would remove all the numbers. Mm-hmm. The, the PCR test has been used. It's used for influenza. It's been used for the AIDS, for HIV. It's been used for SARS. It's been used for the Zika. I believe it's been used for a lot of infectious diseases. And again, if you, if, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you, and a lot of people are going to, they're going to roll their eyes, but if you look at an acronym, any acronym disease, and it's being used by a PCR test, there's a pretty good chance that you're, you're giving a, a, a PSYOP. It's, it's fake. Right. Um, They've done it with AIDS, where HIV, if you listen to a lot of scientific, scientifically-minded people, that'll tell you the truth. And, and I've, I've listened to lectures and listened to people speak for years long before this. They claim that the HIV is a, is a harmless virus and that what was killing oh, wow. people and producing the disease symptoms was the AZT and the drugs that they were giving people. So there's a lot of, you know, you can have a, you can have a false positive. You can set up a PCR test. And, and set the parameters so that the, the viral load that they're amplifying can be very susceptible, very very easy to trigger or very hard to trigger. So you can make, you know, there's, if you look at the common cold, which kills a lot of people in the United States and in the world, uh, there are no vaccines tied to common cold, so you don't see them push it. What they do push is the flu, so influenza. So during the flu season, a lot of common colds and a lot of pneumonia and bronchitis are termed influenza. Because they've got vaccines that are that are you know dedicated to treating that or, or right. preventing it, although it doesn't prevent anything. So the PCR tests, you can set the parameters of the PCR test to to test positive for genetic materials that are in people. They know this ahead of time, and it's very easy to do because a few people at the top of the pyramid make these things. Now, you know, the people that are administering the tests, they believe the tests are valid. The doctors believe the tests are valid. The patients believe the tests are valid. The only people that know that the things are rigged are the people at the top who, who set the, the imprint of the DNA or the RNA or whatever genetic signature they're putting in there. So the test result is only as good as the parameters that have been set in the answer key to the test. So we have an opportunity to understand that these numbers that you see on the news every night, these numbers that you keep on here, and you look at these, these corona, corona uh, barometers that they're checking all these case numbers worldwide, they're being generated by tests that, are, that don't work. And people, right. just, they, keep on, they keep on ignoring that fact. And that is the most important thing, because if you take away those test numbers, you have no pandemic. You have people that always have... I mean, there's, if you believe there are 7 billion people on the planet, there's, gonna, there's a lot of people at any given time in any sovereign territory that are going to have common colds, bronchitis, pneumonia, and viruses. And by chance, if they test positive with this test, they're going to show – they're going to be put into that category. And so you can very easily, easily, if you control the reporting outflows of information, you can make things look like they have. And they did. They rehearsed yeah. this stuff last October. They rehearsed it yes. in a thing called Event 201. This is not something that was. I mean, they planned this. 
And it wasn't even yes. done in a I, – I mean, I know some people think this is genetically modified or mutated in a laboratory. And I, and I don't know for a fact that it is or isn't, but I don't think so. I think this was written in a studio. I think they dreamed this thing up because they knew – they said, what can we do to convince people that this thing is real? Well, first of all, we've got to use a coronavirus because it's – Everywhere people have those antibodies, and we can get that DNA if we use a PCR test. We can get it to trigger enough cases where we can move these numbers up the scale so it looks like there's a real bona fide pandemic. And they did it. Mm -hmm. This is what they did. They that's yes. why they chose the villain as a coronavirus. Wow. You know, and I've said to people too, look around you. Look around you. If this was a pandemic of any kind. You would see people dropping dead in the streets. You would see an inordinate number of people being removed from their homes who died in their homes. You don't see any of that. The only people that are dying are in the hospital, nursing homes, prisons, jails, residential homes, in places where they have people in a captive situation, more or less. And so I, why aren't people, you know, dying? Uh, oh, it, after I made that statement on air, Dr. Reiser, it wasn't a week later, New York came out and said, many people who have been retrieved from their homes who died at home of COVID. I'd like to see the records on that. Uh, you know, you know why? Let me tell you something, Marty. Uh, when you lock people down and you put them in isolation and you sequester them from other human beings, when you self-quarantine, when you remove yourself from social situations, it lowers the immune system for a number of reasons. Number one, yes. there's psychologically, it makes you depressed and you become your immune system becomes uh, less than it should be. The other thing is when people integrate in society, when they work together, when they, when they have social contacts, they strengthen their immunity because that's what we call natural and herd immunity. And when you take – it's the opposite of what people think. When, when, for example, when you – when you wash your hands obsessively and you use hand sanitizers and disinfectants, you're weakening your immune system. Your skin has natural antimicrobial, antiviral properties right within it. When you use these toxins, you're basically breaking that down and preventing your body's skin, which is another organ, from protecting you. We think the opposite. Some of the most dangerous places where some of the most terrible infections occur are in the most sterile places hospitals you can't get much sterile yes a, a location than a hospital and that's where you get the most dangerous infections i've always i've always kidded and joked with my patients and i told them if you really want to be healthy play in a garbage dumpster because this is yeah. how you build uh, this is i mean i mean obviously you don't want to play in a garbage dumpster, i know but you know the, but but the, the the dirtier the conditions are the stronger your immune system gets <laughs> because that's how it works we were designed innately to coexist with flora, bacteria, viruses, the virome. There's trillions of viruses just on a person. So if it was the norm for human beings to succumb to viruses and to microbes, we wouldn't be having a conversation, number one. Think about it. How long have people been living on this planet? Now we can't go outside and breathe in the air. We need a mask, an ear loop mask to protect us. Are you kidding me? And the other thing that yeah. they don't understand and they need to understand because they don't come from a mic they don't have a microbiological understanding of how it really works, viruses are parasites. Parasites require hosts to survive. Viruses mutate over time. They don't mutate in a direction that makes them more severe to people. They mutate in a direction that makes them more benign. So the longer the virus survives and stays in existence, the less of a problem it is for, the, for the, the hosts. So this whole COVID thing makes no sense from a microbiological standpoint. And anybody that's had a cursory or even elementary understanding of microbiology understands this. There's doc these doctors know this. These medical doctors aren't stupid. They yes. understand what's going on. They can't say anything because if they do, they lose their jobs. But there are plenty yes. of them that are coming out there are plenty of them that are coming out and saying what I'm saying. Believe me, there's a lot of people out there who are a lot smarter than I am. But I knew back in January, I knew in January when I was February, what, what, what they were doing. But people still don't believe it. There's still people walking around in stores with masks on. Like that yep. mask is going to do yep. something. What, what is that mask going to do besides give you hypoxia? It's going to make you hyperventilate. 
Yes. You know? Well, so, and then but you, uh, uh, the, the, all the germs and bacteria that build up inside it, out of it, just within a very few minutes, you're breathing that right back into your lungs. It's uh, not a good situation. Not doing, it's not a good situation. No. No. Go ahead. So here's the deal, Marty. Let me transition into this. Let's let's say, let's just say that there's no virus. What are all the vaccines for? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, Thank you. Let's. I mean, seven billion people. I mean, there's some people that think that there's a lot less. I don't know how many people around the world. I haven't been able to count them. <laughs> but let's say there are seven yeah. billion people. They. I've. I've read where they want to make 21 to 28 billion doses of the vaccine. So that's enough for three or four, three or four doses per person. Are you kidding yeah. me? And now, if you're yeah, going to put out a vaccine, let's let's say that let's let's go the other way. Let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say there is a virus. Let's say that the vaccines work, or that they have the potential to work, which I don't believe they do. But let's say they do. Are you going to roll out seven? You're going to vaccinate seven billion people before you've had a chance to test this thing? Wouldn't you try like a small segment of the population? And since since vaccine courts have proven that most of these vaccine injuries take years to occur, wouldn't you want to track it for a little while at least before just rolling it out and saying, hey, let's just do everybody. We'll just vaccinate everybody on the planet and see what happens. If they grow a second head, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, too bad. I know. But, I mean, it doesn't that, make any that, sense. From, from, yeah, from a scientific perspective, it makes no sense to do it this way. Well, and they just ran those head people, and honest to God, I say I I just am at times stymied at how gullible people can be. Maybe is the word. And people volunteered, you know, the murder syndrome, volunteered yeah. to have this vaccine tested on them, suffered severe fatigue, tremors, um, yeah. tremors so bad that one man broke his teeth. Um, the one lady suffered some something happened to her spinal cord, uh, yeah. but here's all that. And this is just in the beginning. Now, if this is doing all of this, something is desperately wrong. And what is in this vaccine that would cause this? And I've tried, Doctor Razor, to explain to people: you cannot be intentionally infected, and then tell me you have protection from anything. You were just made seriously ill. And if these things were the end-all, be-all to everything, why do we need a vaccine protection court so you can't go after the manufacturers? And with this vaccine, total immunity yes. from being held I think, liable. If, I think a lot of people yes, don't understand that. I think a lot of people don't understand that. To, to me, that speaks volumes as far as the, the – um, you know the way that the government feels about the vaccine they don't have much confidence in it if you're telling if you're telling people that you if if, if you or your loved ones are irreparably harmed or, or killed they have no recourse no legal relief right. to to go after the vaccine manufacturer because they've all been granted liability immunity or and and so when when you have that situation to me and that, and you know when that was determined that was determined. It was written back in January, and it came out in the Federal Register in February, around February the 8th or the 9th. So they knew back then that what they wanted to do. This is before we really even had anything going on in, in the United States. But this is, right. this is a situation where <clears throat> I think that they, they knew well, well along because of, of dealing with vaccines that there were going to be problems, and there will be problems. There'll be a lot of people that are going to get okay. harmed by this. Yes. I've got a question here that just came in for you. It says, why is it only the poor, those who live in less sterile environments, and old are dying in larger numbers? So is Dr. Atlas's theory of herd immunity right? And then it asks, is, and why is Trump administration pushing it out? Um one of the things that has bothered me over the last few days is these especially religious leaders saying that the vaccine should be given to the poor first and the black people first. Um, yeah. It sounds like genocide to me. And one of the things that struck me in this as it moved on is, is the elderly were being targeted. As you know, I work a lot with guardianship and the theft of estates by these professional predators uh, coming into that is also hospice, which we do a show on every other week and the euthanizing of people in hospice. They murder them right in front of their families. 
and tell him, hey, you don't want him to suffer, do you? Do you? Right. And right. they didn't tell him that the pain they're suffering they caused. But anyway, um, so there has been, and we've known for at least 10 years, as a wholesale effort globally to call the elderly people with underlying health conditions that are costing, you know, government's money. And the poor, of course, are considered disposable waste populations anyway. So when I hear someone high up coming out and saying they should be given, like they're good Christians, you know, uh, we should give it to the poor first. Uh-oh, <laughs> this doesn't look good. <laughs> this yeah, does I mean, not it, look it, good. It's just what you said, just what you said a few seconds ago. What 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 are the groups that are the are the drain on society? And you know they're looking at people that are elderly as not productive, not contributing. So it comes it comes like from a eugenicist point of view, or you know, yes. let, it's like a, it's like a garden. Okay, so you have a garden, and some some in, some contents in the garden are regarded as vegetables and, and fruits or whatever, and others are weeds, and they get to mm-hmm. determine what are the fruits and the vegetables and what are the weeds. So again, you know. We, we're looking at a situation where they're they're basically imprisoning the the elderly in these retirement communities and these um, not retirement communities but in um, nursing homes and assisted living facilities, and it's under the guise that they're protecting them. But are they really protecting mm-hmm. them, or are we are we seeing a lot of people um, killed off because of the things they're supposed yes. to be protecting them? And that's that's one, definitely one these- you know yeah. One of the uh, uh, other health professionals that I have talked extensively with, I don't want to mention his name because I'll take responsibility for this statement, but said to me, mm-hmm. when they use the ventilator, they use it on people whose lungs are impacted. It is the absolute wrong thing to do. They don't die of the infection. They die because they exploded their lungs. And then they say, oh, they died from covid and the other thing they were doing, Dr. Reiser, is something they called proning. And I talked to one physician in New York who had spoken about this, and it was to help them, you know, it was to help them with this COVID condition. And I finally got this man on the phone, and I said, excuse me, but seeing how lying on your back you can see the lungs inflate and deflate, the chest move up and down freely. You turn someone face down on their stomach. Now you've compromised that. Now breathing becomes much harder. So I said, what you call proning, I call smothering. And that's exactly what you're doing, isn't it? You're letting them smother to death. And he hung up on me. I don't know why. But anyway, (laughs) um, but this is what I'm saying. They come out with all this stuff and common sense. Common sense will tell you that somebody who cannot breathe, don't lay them face down. You you want to tilt them so that they're not actually laying down flat, but they're at an angle to help keep those lungs working without us being stressed so much. And But he said to me, he said this whole thing with ventilators, he said it's absolutely the wrong thing to do. But he said they're getting paid 38,005 every time they hook one up. And yeah, he said, there's and, certainly uh, a monetary incentive. Yeah, and, yes. and, I, and I take care of my practice. I take care. I'm not going to name any names, mm-hmm. but I do take care of uh, right. a few medical doctors, and I take care of uh, plenty of nurses. And um, you know, I've I've heard similar similar things. Um, you know that the ventilators are actually causing causing a lot more of the problems. Yep. And um, that's that's something that you know I don't have. Specific expertise in because I, I, that's outside right. of what I do, but I've I've heard the same thing. But I can tell yeah. you that you know the the thing that we have to deal with now as a society is we have a paradigm that's changed, and I don't think we're going to see what what used to be considered normal for a long time. Um, I won't say never again, but I think for a long time, uh, and maybe never again. But people that you know. When we grew up, we, we were able to have interpersonal connections with people, and now we have, you know, when we talk to people, we're, we're wearing masks and we're we're standing in between plexiglass, and and it's a whole mm-hmm. different it's a whole different ball game. And it's amazing to me to think how fast they were able to do this. They were able to do this yes. really in, in, in a couple of weeks, and it's almost yes. now to the point where 
it's it is the new normal. People have have you know they've they've checked this into their brain and they're they're comfortable. They're personalizing their masks and they're putting their favorite sports teams on it, and it's just like this is the new way of life. This isn't going you know get a Snickers bar because it's not going away. It's, you're going to be here for yeah. a while, and this is what they're doing now. The mask. Wearing the mask is the, the stage before the vaccine. It's getting people to submit to the understanding that the vaccines are necessary. So if you're willing to wear the mask, you're willing to take the vaccine. If you see that someone right. else has a mask on and I have a mask on, we agree in principle that there's something dangerous out there lurking in the distance. But if you take the masks away... There's nothing going on. People forget that there's anything going on. You look at the National Football yeah. League and you look at the sporting events that are going on. They shut everything down because they wanted to break everybody's attention. They wanted to get people off that hypnosis, which they normally create, and they wanted to bring them to look at a different angle. They wanted them to pay attention to the, the dangerous COVID, back, the COVID uh, situation. Now they want the PSYOP to continue, so they put the National Football League and sports out there, and they show the empty stadiums, or they see maybe four or 5,000 people in an 80,000 arena, and they, they tell coaches, you know, you must wear face masks. And if the coaches pull the face mask down, they fine them $100,000. And they're oh showing my God. people that. Oh yeah, they're showing people that this is this is how life is now. It's so dangerous. When people see this, it's a new way of life, and pretty soon you begin to understand that this is normal. This is normal. It's normal to wear a mask, and it's they're counting people. They can tell by the number of people that are wearing masks who's going to take the vaccine, who's not going to take the vaccine, yeah. and that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, you know, um, in all of this. It, it, like I say, one of the things that I see across the board is this violation of human rights and isolation on the international ban on torture. What isolation is in the top three? So they've taken isolation and expanded it to a place I never thought it could go. And we are herd animals, and we have we need that interaction with other people we need touch um is very important there's a chemical reaction that happens in the body when you're touched by another human being and um that's necessary for you to be healthy but psychologically being isolated is devastating we see it all the time in guardianship where they snatch these old people so they can steal their estate and they isolate them from their family and friends and religious affiliations everything and they start withering very quickly uh, psychologically and then physically it follows uh, it, it's a very rapid uh, digression it just is really sad but this is what they're doing one of the other things I've noted is this is that the suicide rate has skyrocketed this yeah. is not normal for us it is not normal and another thing that I read was about how the how our brains recognize human faces and it does this in very short order and this is very necessary, as I, from what I read, for us to identify others of the same species. And I thought, well, that's, you know, but how the brain works to quickly assemble a face and recognize that. With the masks on, your brain is unable to do that. Yeah, I and notice that when I'm you know, that, when I'm walking through a store, yeah. I, I notice the same thing. It's it's very strange. You see the eyes, but you don't see the facial expressions. And I think you're no. right. I think it does something very, you know, on a psychological level, it does something that's that's uh, not good uh, for us. Yeah. Well, we fail when we fail to recognize each other as human beings. It makes it far easier for us to act aggressively against someone. If you understand what I'm saying. Um, the normal inhibitions that would be there because this is another human. I might feel really angry right now or threatened or whatever, but my inhibitions telling me not to act on that. But you've taken that away with this mask because that that first recognition, that assembling of the human face, the recognition of it, is not there. And they've said particularly with uh, new mothers being told to put a mask on their baby and, and wear one themselves. They said the harm being done to these newborns is terrible. Um, don't put. I got a two-year-old great-granddaughter. We go out shopping and everywhere. We don't wear masks and we don't put one on her. And <laughs> I've had this happen a couple of times. And and um, 
but I, I'm a fan of Cat Williams. He's a comedian. And one of his routines, he said, um, I have an allergy. I'm allergic to stupid shit. And I <laughs> fell out laughing. And so at his local store, a lady approached me. She said, you don't have a mask on. I said, oh, you noticed. And she yeah. said, uh, why don't you have one on? I said, do you know who Cat Williams is? Oh, yes. And I said, well, I have the same allergy he does. I'm allergic to stupid shit. <laughs> And she backed up and looked at me, and I said, do you realize you're making yourself sick? Yeah, and don't. she said, what? Yeah, they don't, Dr. Reiser. They don't, they don't. realize that you are making yourself sick. And yeah, we, live in a, we live in a, Marty, we live in a world where people are afraid of germs. They're afraid that they're going to get sick. And, and, and that's, that's a byproduct of years and years of watching Hollywood productions of movies mm-hmm. that, that, that show that this is possible. You know, the movies Contagion and Virus yes. and Outbreak, all these movies that you out. see out there. Yes. This is done, this was done create in the mind's eye of collective society <laughs> these, yes. these are terrible dangerous microbes out there and you cannot survive you cannot survive life without these protective life-saving vaccines and antiviral yes. medications it's a bunch mm-hmm. of baloney it's a yeah. bunch of baloney what they think is protecting them is killing them it's been doing it yes years you you know you can't save people from themselves sometimes you can't save people from themselves you try to you, you know i know in my i and i'm i've been fresh i've been practicing as a as a chiropractor for third almost 34 years and i will tell people things over and over again not not just this subject but other things and explain yeah. to them how human health and physiology operates and they look at me sometimes like i am from a different planet and it's because yeah. they, I mean, think about it. You watch the news. If, if you do, I don't watch it. But if you were to watch the news in the evening or any time during the day, there's 10 to 15 drug commercials on during yes. one hour. So we, we are, we are constantly, Reiser, yeah. Yes. What other product do you know of can be openly advertised as causing fatal illnesses uh, diarrhea, seizures, blindness, heart attacks, strokes, and this stuff could even kill you. But ask your doctor for a bucket of them. It's like, it's like if, you gave this, if you gave this product to a healthy person, they would be dead in a year. So how are you supposed to take people that are compromised and sick and give them the same product and expect them to get healthy? It's like, you know, it's, it is. That, that is the definition of insanity. And doing it over and over again, like they say, this is what people, this is how we're marketed from the time we get up until we go to bed. We're marketed by drugs and, and, and drug companies directly to healthcare consumers. Let alone you have doctors that I think doctors supposedly go to school now for about 40 years, if you listen to them, but <laughs> they go to school for a long time. And, and so um, yet they don't, they bypass the doctor. They're marketing directly to the consumer. So the consumer who has no formal health care education, he or she says to the doctor, I think I want this because I saw this on in between Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune that, you know, that, yeah. that this is a good drug for me. This, this could help me. This is what's this is what's going on. So, and I, I'm not positive, but I think the United States and there's an, there's another country, or one of the few countries that actually where they do this, where they actually market directly. I don't know if they do this in all the countries, but I know they no, do it yeah, here. No, it's us. Yeah, us and New Zealand are the only two countries that allow it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they ought to stop it. Yeah. But that, again, the, yeah. the controlling powers, the controlling powers have a different idea. And you know, one of your, one of the, I think. You, Someone that called in for a question before, they were asking why, why, is, why are they continuing to push this stuff if they know it's so bad. I don't believe that this agenda that's taking place is just coming from the United States. I, don't, I mean, this is, this, is a, this is something much bigger. You have to realize yes. that every sovereign country in the world, no matter where you go, there's a pretty good chance people are wearing masks right now and waiting for this yes. vaccine. The world doesn't get along or agree on things like this in any other area. This is an unusual thing. Right. So the whole world agrees, and the whole world has been forced to, to do this. You have protests all over the world. So these 
draconian procedures and policies that are being handed down to sovereign countries. They're directives coming from a higher government, yes. a world-governing construct. Yes. This is not about the U.S. presidential elections. Will they use it and politicize? Yes, they will. But it's not about that. This is about no. – this is, this is part, of, part of a world directive. Somebody at some level, really high, decided this is going to be implemented now. Now, you, I'll leave yes. it up to your imagination why and what they're going to do. But, I mean, you know, if there's no virus, and I'm pretty confident there's not, based on the way, what, I, what I've studied, what are the vaccines for? What are they going to do? You yes. talked about nano, nanoparticles. You know, this vaccine that's coming out is an RNA vaccine. This is a vaccine that's never been used on human beings before. Will it have nanoparticles in it? Yes, it will. What do nanoparticles do? Nanoparticles are like tiny, tiny, tiny robots. And they go in, and they're going to be able to, to measure the biometrics. The data, they're going to be able yes. to measure your, your respiration, your immune system functions, um, a lot of other things. But the scary part is, is that that information is going to be accessed, maybe uplinked to another source, I'm sure it will be, and will somebody mm -hmm. or something be able to modulate your immune system functions? Will they yes. be able to modulate your respiratory functions, your cardiovascular functions? People say, well, this is science fiction. That's not possible. Let me tell you something. Truth is stranger than science fiction. Always. It really is. Always. And they, they have Always. the ability now with these, with these products to change, forever change your DNA. And you cannot yeah. detox, you can't detox from this. Once this stuff goes in, it's in. It changes your DNA. It changes your genetic blueprint. Not a good idea. Because no. now you're in a situation where you are completely at risk that your immune system can't handle or manage infectious diseases. So now those infectious right. diseases that normally coexist with you, that normally cause no problem, now they can cause a problem. Because it's not the amount of disease or the microbes that are around you that cause you to get sick. It's your ability to adapt to them or inability to adapt to them. And as long as your immune system is functioning fine, it's innately functioning fine, you're not going to have a problem. If you do get sick because we get compromised or you express health, as I like to say, your body's able to handle it in a short period. You start messing yeah. around and taking these toxic vaccines and putting you put this vaccine into your system, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to survive. And I think in a lot of situations, people won't. Well, you know, I've always pointed out to people, there's only one and a half and four percent difference between us and the great apes. And you can stand there all day and say, no, God created us. And we're, I didn't come from any monkey. Yeah, hell, you did. And I mean, look at that great ape standing there. Looks just like your uncle's twin brother. Stop it. Uh, get some sense here, but there's only one and a half to four percent difference between us and the great apes, depending, like I say, on what you're testing for. Yeah. Now, you know that all of these vaccines have, have are laced with the DNA of non-related species, and That's you know true. that they have been collecting the DNA of every newborn baby in this country since 1992, and it's all stored in that uh, bank out there in Maryland. Now, as they are measuring people's DNA, what if your DNA or your child's DNA doesn't reach that 100% mark? Are they going to label you as subhuman? And if they do, and you are no longer considered fully human, I want you to think about, you know how we treat animals, right? Yeah. You're putting yourself in the same category. And I, Dr. Reiser, I know that sounds like science fiction, but the only reason you try to attempt to change DNA is when you're trying to get something better or something worse. And I think they're going for uh, the worst end of it. Yeah, and it's, it would it's allow risky, it's a risky prop proposition to try to change DNA. I mean, I, you know, you, yes, you know, if you were if you were a person that didn't understand how a computer program was written, you wouldn't just go in there and start um, making changes and editing the program. It's not a good idea. Right. It's not going to improve the performance of the program. Well, basically, the DNA is your genetic blueprint. It is the program, and it is the yes. 
you know, the, it is the expression of health or lack thereof in other parts of your body yes. uh, function. So it's not a it's it's playing with fire. Yes. Okay, we've got about five minutes here, Doctor Reiser. Um, what are your your summation? What's your last statement on all this? My summation is that you know I I think people at this point that are awake need to understand that it's okay to break away from the herd. You're going to have to you're going to have to be strong and stand on your own. You, there's some people you're not going to be able to convince, and I think that your own own you know understanding of the situation is is very very precious you're gonna you're gonna try and do what's best for you at this point and your family and loved ones and um, like they say when you're in an airplane secure the the oxygen mask on your own face before you go and try to help others And, and i think that in this situation that's what we have to do i think it's very very important that people understand you can't save everybody so do your do your research do your and 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 at this point i think you know those people that they know what's going on, and there's people that will never know what's going on. Yeah. So that's what well, you have to do, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and and see, well, I agree, but it, it, within that, I I reserve the right to make that choice myself. That's I don't right. want to be forcibly injected with anything. I don't want to play roulette with my health. I, I don't want to do any of that. I need to retain the right to decide whether this is the right thing to do or not. And for all you vaccine freaks out there, if that vaccine's worked, what are you wor- what are you worried about? I want to if you've got this thing, magic Marty, shield, go ahead. I just want to say one other thing. I and I, I forgot to tell you, I, I and I I'm gonna plug my my newest book. It's it's called Plandemic. And it's okay. what it is is it is the whole coronavirus story from the beginning to real time and it goes past it goes beyond what, it, and it's it's a fictional okay. account of of a real thing. And Plandemic okay. came out back. I I I think it was published about uh, three or four weeks ago. And of course, it's got very polarizing reviews. I mean, either people either hate it or they yeah. love it. But in my opinion, if people want to get a true understanding of how they did it, how they faked it, this this novel or this short little novel explains it. And um, it is something that um, I think is important to give. To, if, if people want to really understand and want loved ones to understand, it's it's a, it's a quick read. It's an entertaining read, and um, it will mm-hmm. tell people. It will tell people what they did. And um, I just yeah. wanted to say that and plug well, the book a second. That's, <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, the other thing here too, Doctor Reiser, is whatever is happening has nothing to do with the virus. It has, as you pointed out, about this new world order thing, um, and now they came out openly and they're talking about maybe it's time for the new world order and blah, blah, blah. Stick it. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> it just – I just want to – It's what you think it yeah, is. <laughs> I, I, I want to just scream at people, for God's sake, stand up and get a spine. You know, do something. Uh, but most people are so apathetic, and most would prefer to play the victim and fall back and not do anything. And then when it's all over, go, nobody told me. Yeah, we did. You weren't listening. You weren't listening. But I think at this point, retaining our right to refuse to wear the mask, to take the vaccine is more important than anything. I think you're right, Marty. I think any time you have, any time there's a situation where there's risk, possible risk, you have to have the right to make freedom of choice, and that's called informed yes. consent, and you have to have that. Yes, and it has to be honest informed consent, uh, not some dolled up thing that makes no sense. But we're that's down right. to a minute and a half here. I want to thank okay. you so much for coming on, and I want to have you back on again. And as soon as I get an opening, we'll do that and follow up on this. Um, Anytime. Everybody, thank you for for tuning in. I knew this was going to be a blockbuster. And uh, I'm getting all kinds of messages here. Great show. Have him back, and we will. And uh, in the meantime, you can visit his website, which is No Fake News. There's always something going on there. And um, he has a, has a particular knack for um, exploiting the obvious <laughs> uh, and pointing out what's wrong with what you're hearing and seeing what, what's wrong with this picture. 
And uh, so I'd advise everybody to visit the site. I'd sign on on Tommy Shoot, a lot going on there. I want to thank again everybody for tuning in. And remember, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit taking place annually in Washington, D.C., unless we all get COVID and fall down. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll be back Sunday night with Tanya Talks, and we'll be doing more on the prison out there. Um, apparently, the Department of Corrections, because of the shows, is willing to make some changes. Imagine that. And um, so we'll be revisiting that. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you Sunday night. Good night. <laughs>